everyone, welcome to Idol Rumble, the official K-pop podcast at LobbyRumble.com, where we discuss weekly topics around all things K-pop. We are recording on June 27th, 2022. I'm Rob, Editor-in-Chief at Lobby Rumble, and I'm joined by content writer Ron, and our returning guest, Chris. Chris, how was your week? Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, week was Woo! good. Uh, got to hang out with Mr. Robert himself, I think last weekend, oh, right? Dang. Uh, did some things, I'll let you talk about that. Um... And then just, yeah, had a generally good week. Got to see the Giants play this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got some concert tickets to KCON today, actually. Yeah. And then, you know, highlight of the year, Nyan's album came out. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> and just enjoying all the editions of her magazine CD thing. Yeah. I-, I saw it in person. <laughs> good week. It was a good week. Especially that blurry album. <laughs> yes, the blurry album. <laughs> so that was hanging out with Rob, Giants game on Sunday, <laughs> buying tickets to KCON, and Nyan's new album. Ron, how was your week? I had a good week. Um, you know, my usual busy week. They tend to be pretty boring. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I started picking up Korean again, only because I kind of got roasted by my friend uh, like a couple months ago. Uh, I was talking with her, and then just like mid-conversation, she goes, Ron, have you been studying Korean? And I go, no, not really. And she goes, yeah, I could tell. So <laughs> this, so my friend I, is who I, I speak Korean with um, whenever I get the chance. And yeah, she basically roasted me and told me to start studying again. I guess she could tell by the way I was talking. So yeah, I picked it up again, going over vocab, the usual, learning new grammar. It's fun. I like it. So that was my week. That was picking up Korean again after being roasted. Uh, my week, I had an adventure in Sacramento with Chris over here hey. and uh, some other guests from the show's past. We checked out this Korean hot dog place called Two Hands Corn Dogs. It was okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the elaborate <Yeah>. review. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we checked out... Uh, the pop-up shop over there, um, closer to Ranch Cordova, called K-Pop Nation. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of they have a lot of albums, even though I think they're sort of in between um, restockings. But it, it was fun, like seeing a lot of things, and it sort of enabled me again because I think the last time I've obtained an album was like more than a year ago. Oh, you guys should have seen and... it. Rob was in his element. He was <laughs> he was entranced. Hey, I need I need to look up unboxing videos to see which version i want no it was great <laughs> good thing they had the ones i wanted luckily i picked up um the two i've singles la seraphim and stacy's younglove.com so i'm think i'm up to album number 120 in my collection currently <laughs> after that the main reason for me going up to sack to hang out with these guys we want to go check out journey to the dumpling because i'm always uh well, yes journey to dumpling is a is a good um dim sum esque dumpling place but after that we got to go play board games for the rest of the night so it's fun throwing um foam burritos at each other other than that i checked out the eight the latest aew pay-per-view with a collaboration with new japan pro wrestling called forbidden door this is a great pay-per-view that all the fans are putting it as their like number one of the year so far better than double or nothing which is like the wrestlemania equivalent but because this is maybe one of the first times in histories that uh companies have really done this like inter-company pay-per-view stuff that it was cool seeing the aew talent just like coercing with the new japan talent and just like putting on crazy matches i don't want to go too deep into it because i know my section is already getting long but it was fun if you could watch it check it out i definitely had a lot of fun, and I put in my, like, my first wrestling shirt order with AEW after watching that. So that was Adventures in Sacramento, and AEW with New Japan Pro Wrestling presents The Forbidden Door. And now it's time for new releases. In this section, we highlight and talk about some of our favorite releases from the previous week. What do we have on the list this time? So last week, we have a pretty long list. And to start that off is Young Jet with Sugar, which came out on June 21st. Then on the next day, the 22nd, Card comes back after 22 months with Ring the Alarm. So congrats to Card for the long-awaited comeback. Congratulations. 
Then on June 23rd, Imujin comes out with Reference. Then Juni comes with Color Me featuring Cheonga. Yukika comes out with Scent. And this one's a little different this time. We have a Western artist, Charlie Poos, with Left and Right featuring the representative of K-pop, Jungkook of <laughs> BTS. And also we have Espa coming out with the English version of Life's Too Short, which was premiered at Coachella, but they released an MV this time. And then on June 24th, the day that me and Chris were waiting for ever since it was announced, <laughs> is Nyon's solo album debut. And she comes out with Pop. Amazing, amazing album. We'll talk about that more a little later. <laughs> Soren also comes out that day with Save Me. Then a few days later, we have Promise 9 with Stay This Way. And then we also have Huta, also known as Imin Hyuk of B2B with Boom. Then we also have B and Chu with their collab, Lullaby. Finally, we have Hyorin with Waka Boom. Chris, among this week's new releases, which would you pick as your favorite? Oh man, it's no secret. <laughs> it's it's pop by M. Nyon. Um, That's what I'm talking about. It's it's crazy that so much music was released this week. Heck yeah. All to be stomped on the greatest <laughs> single to ever come out. <laughs> I kid, but it's fantastic. Pop by M. Nyon. Wonderful track, especially for this time of the year, the summertime. Um, it's Nyon's first solo and the first solo uh, song slash mini album released by a twice member. <laughs> Um, and it, it did not disappoint. I think she was teasing this. Ronnie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. They were teasing this maybe a couple months out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's it was very it was a really small snippet of you know the part of the chorus where they go pop. And there were some skeptics in the crowd mm-hmm. as to what this might be. Um, maybe a little bit too bubblegummy. But now that it's out, it came. Um, it it's 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 hard to describe, but also easy. It's twice it's twice as best kind of work in wrapped up into one and uh nyan certainly does capture it um her her song is like i said it's summery it's sugary almost almost too sweet you can feel (laughs) your like teeth rotting while you watch it but it's it's (laughs) wonderful and the mv came out i think friday was it thursday night going into friday and um it did it was amazing it's super colorful uh super catchy everything about it uh and i know i know ron wants to talk a, a little bit about it too so i won't steal too much <laughs> of the time but but everything everything is just i i the way i would describe it is twice as best tracks you know likey yes or yes all their all their brilliant stuff early and then their um ex- you know, more exciting stuff later where they've matured a bit with alcohol free and feel special. Um, all of the happy go lucky stuff that Nyan brings to those tracks is captured in pop. And I, I can't get enough of it. And I can't get enough of what they're doing with all the content twice as notorious for pushing out content via YouTube and Twitch or not Twitch, sorry, TikTok, um, and just exposing their work and their artists as much as they can. And this is no different. My feeds are just flooded <laughs> with Nyan and Pop and all the other tracks. And it's glorious. I love it. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. And um, just to add on to what you said, Chris, like, it, it this song is very on brand for Nyan. It's, yeah, like you said, it's pretty much just the best of for Twice. When I first heard it, I thought it was all right. But then after, like, the first couple listens, like... I found myself like humming it and like singing it. Yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. I, I guess I do like the song. The melodies and, and the lyrics, they're so, they're so catchy. They're very, it's very addictive. Yep. And like, I still can't stop listening to the album. Like I, ever since I got it so, or since Friday, like I just been playing the album on repeat nonstop pretty much. For sure. And every time I, I feel like with every day that passes when I'm listening to pop and the other songs for that matter but we'll get into that later but pop specifically i always find something else to gravitate towards in 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 the song like i thought the chorus where she's actually doing the pop pop part uh is it was really catchy but the um the bridges Mm -hmm. that lead into that it's yeah there's just so much to that song that 
I mean, it's doing its job. It's supposed to be something that um, you sing along to, and it, it it's catchy, and you know immediately which part of the dance goes to which part of the song. And, you know, I, I know, Rob, you like to talk about all the time that um, K-pop is two things. It's an audio performance, and it's a visual performance, and this is not any different the music video is super colorful mm-hmm. i they probably put nyan in like 30 different outfits and that's probably oh, yeah. not even a yeah. <laughs> like an overshoot and they really wanted to stimulate you know just your visual senses as well as as well as the song and they they didn't miss it was great it's great yeah it's good i think my only critique and this is me just being nitpicky is that i kind of felt the the build up to court to the chorus was was kind of flat. I mm. wish, I guess we, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, I wish we had a, a better transition into the chorus. Because when I was listening it, listening to it the first time, when the chorus dropped, in my head I was like, oh, is this is this the chorus or is this the the pre-chorus? And then I hear her say pop 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 pop. I'm like, oh, this is the chorus. <laughs> so I, I yeah, wish there was a little more build up to it. That's interesting because I was reading something today and now I can't for the life of me remember the source, but it was talking about how the song actually utilizes d- different ways to build up the chorus, I think like two or three times, mm-hmm. and it's never the same mm-hmm. and they change it up and it, that's like on purpose to show off different things that Nyan can do. Mm-hmm. And, and I was trying to listen for, you know, because at the end she's doing the five, four, three, two, one yeah. to, to, to build it. And before that, I think she rapped a little bit. And yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I've just been feasting on everything that that song has to offer. It's great. Uh, for me, like you said at the top, Chris, I think it was a little bit too bubblegummy for my taste. I liked parts of it, especially like that very first part of the chorus, where it's, it's a little bit more like vocally like oh, um, yeah, layered. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it was a little bit too out of my realm in terms of like sort of cutesy. But I think... When we when you were playing the album while we were going to uh your favorite restaurant <laughs> Two Hands, <laughs> uh, I think I think the song was called Countdown. Yeah, I love Countdown. I it was like yeah. maybe, yeah. I think it was like more like on the funk side, if I could remember. I think maybe that one of those B sides. I think was a little bit more in in my like on my radar. I liked how like um this video looked a lot more well produced compared to um other ones that were on the list this week like you could tell that the uh jyp definitely yeah i i think they were straight up uh, she was wearing some outfits that were just tailor made for her like i think the louis v oh yeah the the onesie romper thing i think that's just her i don't know if they have that on shelves which is wild to me the jyp money (laughs) ron what did you pick this week ron per so Normally, I would pick pop, but since Chris picked it. <laughs> Redo it. Grow it back. Grow it back. But that is a great choice, Chris. And I, I'm glad you allowed me to hop on <laughs> to, Absolutely. to your section. But anyways, um, <laughs> that's beside the point. But uh, my pick this week is Junie's Color Me featuring Chunga. And Junie's one of my favorite uh, vocalists. He's an R&B guy. Um and he's an, he's just an amazing singer and this song is so good it's synth wave and he puts his r&b flavor into it and it's just it's the perfect song for me <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say and they just have clean vocals from both chung and juni they're both amazing vocalists and you can't ask for more uh, so i i recommend that everyone check this out um it's pretty different from what we normally hear in idol music, but this is this is an amazing song. I love it. Yeah, I definitely need to go back and listen to that because I was sort of going through the other songs that I didn't have time to check out this one, but I got to check it out for my girl Chunga, Miss <laughs> Texas over here. But yeah, I definitely need to go back I'll put and put it on the list. Out. For me, as your resident flover, I had to go with uh, From Us Nine Stay This Way, but. I sort of want to give a shout out to Cards Ring the Alarm because that one was a sort of sleeper pick for me because it was pretty catchy that I'm not super into the sort of like um, darker island vibe that Cards been putting out. Like I think my last favorite one from them was Gunshot, but 
this one was a nice mix of genres, but going back to Fromis, this has got that summer groovy song about it. Um, it's got the same producers um, for the last few songs ever mm. since we go. It's got that sort of similar funky bassline. But the thing is, it doesn't really hold up to We Go and DM for me. Like, it sounds a lot different in terms of the production quality. The mixing doesn't sound the best, at least um, from when I was listening to it uh, initially earlier. It feels like it starts to fall apart after the first course outro, that some of the vocals start outpowering the others. The bass line starts just going a little bit too crazy, um, that it starts overpowering each other. And I'm sort of not a fan of uh, whenever um, Promise Nine and other groups do that sort of like talk rap, singing rapping thingy that they do in the songs where it's sort of like detracts from the uh, vocalists and the, the rapping. I also feel that a lot of the parts weren't assigned to the right people because there was a lot of people that were singing in falsetto that it just didn't match the rest of the tone of the, of the rest of the song. And the video... We were talking about Nyon earlier, how how her video was um really well produced, and I think most a lot of the outdoor shots were shot mm-hmm. on location. Where this video, almost the whole video was shot on location, and it looks like someone just ran out with a camera without mm-hmm. any like production equipment to shoot it because they were fighting. Like if you worked in production before, especially if you're working with like natural lighting with um. Mm-hmm. the sunlight and everything you could tell that this video was battling time and the sunset going down because in a lot of the dance scenes you could see the sun just <laughs> warping up and down because they were like cutting between different shots i think they were just like having reflectors during like the outdoor shots because because every time that the sun was like warping around the lighting was just kept changing like it go from like darker lighting to warmer lighting to to colder lighting it was just all over the place. One thing I do like though is that the styling is is pretty nice though. That um they have really nice styles uh going with the with the sort of like summer beach hanging out kind of thing. Yeah, I was a little bit mixed on on this song. I think I'd definitely go with either We Go or DM um in comparison to this production and composer team. We're not in the news yet, but um, since I, I didn't choose this as my news, apparently half the group got involved in a car accident on their way to or prior to their showcase, so it was canceled. And it looks like Song Haiyang, Park Jiwon, Lee Soyeon, Lee Chaeyoung, and Baek Jihan were all involved. That I heard it wasn't too serious, but they were definitely advised not to... Uh, put any strain on their body in the meantime so it sucks that their um showcase was canceled but uh i wish them the speedy recovery to hopefully get out there and promote i'm a little bit mixed on the song but are the first um part of the song in the outro so that was pop by im nayan juni with color me featuring changa and from us nine stay this way in the news segment we'll share our picks for what happened in k-pop for the week so chris what did you bring for news this week sure well, it's just to piggyback off of what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. I mean, it's 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 got to be talked about twice, right? I mean, no pun intended. M. Nyon's mini album is out. The self-titled play on the English term I'm Nyon, but self-titled M. Nyon mini album is out. Again, the first from a member of Twice. And she put out, uh, I mean, uh, there's no secret, my favorite album of the year so far and probably will be unless um you know that that secret black pink album <laughs> drops but uh it's it's fantastic it, you know it starts off at the top with pop like we talked about earlier very sugary very uh very exciting very high pace and i think they do a good job of flowing from that song to the next six songs mm-hmm. um which are all bops in their own right uh next one is no problem featuring Felix from Stray Kids, uh, who, you know, I don't pay too much attention to Stray Kids. I know you guys had Megan on last week, and uh, her and you run were um, fanning over them a little (laughs) bit. And this was a little bit... uh, I I got to taste a little bit of Stray Kids 
work here and it, it's it's fantastic on this track for sure um and then the track that rob mentioned love countdown uh featuring one Wan, Wanstein. one do you guys know one stein yeah. uh obviously my first exposure to him uh and that song was awesome it's a little slower pace it's great it's actually something that both Nyon and Wanstein worked together on to write which makes it even more special because it's it's an absolute jam. Um, I was debating with Trick, who you guys had a couple of weeks ago, on you know whether or not Pop should have been the title track, which I think it should because um, it's it just fits so perfectly. And if you're gonna have a solo t- title track uh, after being in a group, a giant group like Twice, it needs to be just you for the title track. And as good as Love Countdown is, I don't think it could have been the title track because it features someone else. But I digress. That song deserves to be in the conversation for having it being its own title track and then candy floss which brings you know the tempo up a little bit back up to what pop is like uh and if you think pop is sugary i think candy floss is even more sugary even more bubble gummy yeah, i agree um, yeah and it, it and you know she's just <laughs> feeding her audience if you like nyan then you kind of know what nyan brings to the table and and she's presenting that back uh and then all or nothing which is an a great song and the second song that nyan wrote uh from this album and then happy birthday to you follows that and then she finishes off with sunset which ron mm-hmm. when i saw the the name sunset in the album i was like oh is she covering <laughs> sunset that they've <laughs> yeah. that they played in la but it's, not, it's a different song but i got i got giddy for a second and it's it's brilliant but yeah, the album has a little bit... I want to say it has a little bit of everything that Nyon has to offer. Her range is um, not too extensive, but it's always in that poppy zone, you know, something reminiscent of early 2000s pop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every like we talked about before, everything that Twice did early on is very Nyon-centric. Um, and that's probably because they relied on her so much. I think more than 50% of the lyrics are always given to Nyan, especially in those early years. So uh, a lot of that you'll find in these songs, but that is perfectly fine with me <laughs> as a Nyan stand. Anything they want to give Nyan, it's it's great. It's it's up on, I listen to it on Spotify right now, but uh, they have four versions of the album out. I know that because I have all four. Nice. I don't know if there's more than that, but if there is, someone write to Rob and Ron and let them know so I can go get it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the the album is fantastic. I have some notes here from some um, write-ups that I was reading over the weekend on her on her work. She had a great uh, magazine interview with um, who is this? I lost it in my notes, but she has a great interview out there and I'll find it and I'll have Rob post it. Rob and Ron post it in the notes, but they ask her about, uh, you know, writing lyrics with Weinstein and how, um, how they kind of worked together on it and how she kind of wrote first and then he finished his, he finished writing his lyrics to match and then they went back and forth from there. And then, um, a little differently with Felix, he was kind of just singing, uh, on top of the track that she had already sung and and written for, and uh, there was a little less communication there. But I thought it was interesting how the two different the, the two different styles worked out because they're both for sure bops. Ron, you'll like this little tidbit she had mentioned. There was a question around, you know, we're coming up on your seventh year. Mm-hmm. What does this What does this mean now that you're coming out with your solo album? And she had said that. This means that there's plenty of opportunity for the other members of Twice to release their own solo projects. And she also mentioned that this means they're going to stay busy. And she mentions that um, as long as Onces want to come see Twice, there's always going to be a Twice. And I thought that was really cool. Because, I mean, she, you know, she's a spoiler queen. Yeah. So I, don't, <laughs> I think she's trying to give us a hint that you know, we're still moving forward. They're still moving forward as twice in, in some capacity. Um, and, you know, she also did mention, I know this is a big write for not just twice fans, but for K-pop fans in general, about how a world tour, quote unquote, means Korea, J- maybe Japan and the U.S. She mentions that uh, there's a lot of countries that they didn't visit 
or that they don't get to visit that they want to visit and so that's part of why they're you know they're probably gonna stay together moving forward and i thought that was that was really cool but that's kind of tangential to her album and i know ron probably has some input on the album itself it's uh yeah and it's it's uh, i'll I'll give it to Ron if you wanted to input anything there. Oh, yeah. Um, and just real quick, the, the last tidbit that you had with the interview, uh, the magazine interview, yeah. that was great. <laughs> I, I love that part. Yeah. And it's very reassuring as, you know, a huge want to know that, you know, Twice is going to be still together no matter what. Whether that's, you know, out of contract, in contract, whatever. But it just, just yeah. to know that there's, you know, they still have that sisterhood within them um, right. is reassuring. And, you know, just like you, I, I love this album. Every single track is great. Uh, my favorite is Love Countdown, pretty much for the same reasons mm-hmm. why you loved it. And I just want to say Sunset is amazing. Like, her voice really shines in that song. And, like, and, and Nyon's a, an amazing vocalist. And, like, in Twice Ballads, it's usually her and Jihyo um, kind of carrying the song and Mina also. And... Yeah. Um, you know, Jihyo is an amazing vocalist as well. And, and sometimes she kind of outshine, outshines Nyon a bit. But here, just hearing Nyon by herself, man, she, yeah. she can hold it down. <laughs> so I, Absolutely. I, I like this album. So it's, yeah, it's going to be one of my top for, the, for this year. Yeah, for a long time, for sure. So that was M. Nyon's mini album, the first member from Twice's solo debut. Ron, what do you got for news this week? All right, so exciting news for bts fans blackpink fans and k-drama fans because (laughs) because last week was paris fashion week (laughs) and celine had their show i believe it was on saturday friday or saturday somewhere around there and bts's v blackpink's lisa and park bogum were invited to the show and they sat front row and watched the whole thing and it was a whole spectacle because they were getting a lot a lot of media attention and that just goes that just shows how big k-pop is how much influence they have um and what's really cool is that um the three of them flew on a private jet together <laughs> to go to paris mm. and um i mean if you're Dang. uh you know an environmentalist you might not approve of that choice flying private jet <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's still cool that you know those three Normally we see them separated doing their own thing and they're being together and rep- representing uh, South Korea out in Paris was, was a cool thing to see. And, and um, V, man, he was, he was looking fly. <laughs> His outfit <Yeah>. and um, <laughs> for the show too, like uh, I, I want to say they were all decked out in Celine, like from head to toe, because I think if you dress in other stuff, I think that's pretty... <laughs> I think that's considered disrespectful, <laughs> but I want to say they're all decked out in Celine and <laughs> man, they looked great. And V just looked like he was in his element. It looks like he was born in Paris, <laughs> but yeah, that that's, yeah, that that's so cool. I know, I know Lisa's Lisa's main sponsor is Celine. Yeah. Yeah. That's her fashion line. It, it is, is V and Park are, as are they also under Celine? I don't know. Cause yeah, for sure. Lisa, she, I think she's a brand ambassador for them. I'm yeah, not quite yeah. sure for V and Park Bogum, but they are always spotted wearing Celine, like just, you know, when they do those airport fashion mm-hmm. shots. So that's probably why. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun because uh, Park Bogum, like, I think one of his most recent roles that he was like a um, a model. So it's fun seeing him actually doing it in real life. Even though I don't, they weren't like actually yeah, modeling, right? They were just like attending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess they were sort of like walking Pretty billboards, much. though. <laughs> so that was BTS's V. Blackpink's Lisa and Park Bogum attending Celine's show in, for Paris Fashion Week. For my news this week, I wanted to highlight the second wave lineup for KCON LA 2022. Uh, if you didn't listen last week or if you don't know, KCON is holding their first annual convention in Los Angeles um, since 2019 due to the pandemic. KCON LA will run for three days from August 19th through the 21st at the LA Convention Center and Crypto.com Arena later this year. This lineup was following a sort of cryptic uh, teaser that they had this time. Uh, they 
sort of had like super duper blurred out um, videos from their previous stage or their previous stages. And for the lineup this week, they announced ATs, Aini, Joy One, Kepler, Lightsum, Luna, NTT Dream, and TO1. Following this announcement, they teased at least one more artist would be added to the lineup. If you wanted to know who's performing on what night, on Friday, August 19th, KCON Rookies, they'll have Cravity, Lightsome, Stacy, and TO1. This night is more of a mix of a concert and a fan meet compared to the other two nights. On Saturday, August 20th, for night one, in alphabetical order, they announced ATs, Cravity, and Hypen, Ini, Itzy, Kepler, and Lightsome. On night two, for August 21st on Sunday, they announced in alphabetical order JO1, Luna, and NCT Dream, Nmix, Stacy, The Boys, TO1, and WJSN. With the second announcement, it's looking a little bit more stacked than it was even be- the week before. Um, it is a little heavy on the fourth gen side, but who knows who the um, last artist or last few artists um, announced will be. Who do you think's the uh, the mystery last guess, Rob? Uh, we were talking about this earlier, and I ran a guess that it might be something along the lines of maybe a La Seraphim or Ive. Who do you think would be the last lineup? I'm not sure. Ive makes sense. Just listening to you guys on the cast and the K-pop heads in my life, it seems like Ive has been on fire. And if they really wanted to hold something uh, as the secret last one... it. Um, Logic states that should be big, so I would make sense here. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Ron earlier, in a, when we were talking, mentioned was uh, if either Ron or you. I'm sorry, mentioned that you know maybe what if they did Red Velvet? That would be huge, but you know I don't know if a group like Red Velvet um, would need to do uh, something like this. Uh, but that would also be cool. Mm-hmm. So that was KCON LA's second lineup announcement. In the spotlight section, we try to shine a light on something in K-pop, whether it be an artist, song, album, TV show, or the like. Chris, what would you like to spotlight this week? Sure. Um, so my spotlight is a little bit abstract, but it ties into what I've been seeing in the K-pop world, especially in on, on our Western side in the States. And I've titled it K-pop Slow to Jump on Success. And I know there's some there's going to be some caveats in here. Obviously, we, we went through the pandemic and um, that slowed down a lot of what K-pop was trying to do. Uh, and there's going to be exceptions in here for something like BT- a group like BTS or Blackpink. But bear with me on the subject because I, I, you know, I have a point. And I'd definitely like to hear your guys' takes as my uh, K-pop gurus <laughs> of knowledge here. Uh, but uh, my yeah, my topic, as I stated, slow to jump on success. I feel like K-pop is so big now. You know, we still mention it as K-pop, but it's really integrated itself into music all over the world, and especially here in the states. You know, you we even had some topics today, like Ron's, um, you know, uh, Lisa and, and V attending the Celine show in Paris Fashion Week. You know, they're they're borderline just world stars now. Uh, and Rob mentioned KCON LA. You know, having a whole convention for something dedicated to what used to be uh, more of a niche thing in K-pop. And my topic, I guess, would uh, is kind of the question, you know, does, does the industry know what they have for uh, a product selling out here in the West? Um, and the reason I, I guess I question it and would be interested to hear what you guys have to say about it is because here in the West, it still feels like everything that they try to push is either in a niche fashion or is niche in and of itself. Whereas I think the power of K-pop could be way more mainstream if they just put some some bigger engine behind it. And there's going to be smarter people than me that can figure that out. But uh, for instance, um, the the shows that have passed so far, uh, you know, they've gone to some big cities here in the, in the U.S., but uh, I know twice they had to add some shows last minute and even came back uh, after they wrapped up to do two shows in L.A. Uh, to, you know, to to capitalize more on um, 
uh, a more of a presence here in the U.S. But it's like, what did you guys not know how big you were here? Uh, and and they sold out, you know, the where the Galaxy play in L.A., which I think is Bank Stadium. Yeah. But in my opinion, could have easily sold out something like a ba- like a baseball stadium, something something even bigger, um, especially because they were selling out multiple days. Uh, and you know, it's, it's it, that's one example. Uh, you know, another one is, you know, t- this is, again, this is a twice example, but it's just it, I have this in order here. Um, they had gone on Colbert, uh, I think, after that second stint in L.A., and that was the first time they went on uh, late night television in the U.S. And they're in year six, and I know there's a lot of big K-pop groups that still haven't done that, which I think is would be really good exposure for them out, out here. Um, you know, R- uh, Rob and I just went to a K-pop pop-up out in SAC in the Rancho area uh, that, you know, specializes in selling K-pop stuff. But in my, in my eyes, I was like, why do we have to go to a niche place to, to buy what seemingly is a product that sells itself? You know, that we're, we're it's kind of like if, GameStop was the only place that sold video <laughs> video games. Yeah, we'd have to go there, but mm. you know, because other places sell it, we'll go to these other places. Um, I, you know, and I, I was just thinking along those terms and, and brainstorming like a group, like, and I know I'm jumping here, but feel free to uh, voice your opinions whenever you guys want. But a group like Stacy, for instance, who I think releases nothing but bops these days, if the K-pop industry knew how to push product here in the West. Stacy would be like maybe somewhere on the billboards push, pushing onto the radio and because their music is just that good. Uh, and I know, you know, there's still a language barrier between Korean and, you know, the Western audience. But, I mean, Spanish songs make it on the billboard all the time. Granted, we're right next to Mexico, but it's all the same. We don't really understand the, the words, but we appreciate the music. Uh, but I, I, I think I'll wrap up what I have to say there, and so that I can get your guys' opinion on, you know, whether you agree or disagree on, on what the K-pop industry is doing and how they're doing it here in the West. Because to me, it seems like they don't know how to crack the egg out here, even though we're ready for it. In my opinion. Um. So, my theory is that um, K-pop companies the entertainment companies they're still trying to play it safe you know despite you know they have all these you know these numbers supporting that their groups can be successful here but um because early on 15 years ago let's you know 2007 or or 2008 2009 around that time the three major companies tried to make a push with their top stars you know you had seven boa and uh wonder girls all of them mm-hmm. flopped hard. And I think the there's still some sort of like PTSD with that where they're 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 playing it safe and, and being cautious. Despite, you know, the songs are great, right? Um, especially Wonder Girls, they had um Nobody, which was like a worldwide hit, mm-hmm. but For they sure. still couldn't break the US market. And they I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but they were on Nickelodeon. <laughs> they had like a movie or something like that. Um <laughs> But I think that's that's part of the reason why. And I think also, and not to try to get too too serious or too political, is that I I think there's still a little bit of anti Asian some anti Asian sentiment. So mm-hmm. when something from Asia that's not food, that's not, you know, a kung fu movie comes out here then people are just going to reject it and whether or not they you know give it a chance or not um i think there's there's still some of that and then you know even us like um asian americans we we still kind of get treated like foreigners even though we're we're from here right but with that being said and and it's getting better you know especially with bts going to the white house and and doing all that so i think that that plays a small part of it too but i think there's, they also know that they have something big on their hands because have you seen those ticket prices, man? Holy moly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they that's, they're definitely making their money back there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. they, they know what 
they could get away with because because I'll be happy to pay it. I, I don't care, <laughs> bro. Those VIP tickets, holy moly! Uh, but you know, I'll, I'm happy to pay it. But but yeah, I, I, it's a little bit of you know they know what they have, but they're they're playing it cautious, and that that's my opinion. Yeah, I think it's also finding Western partners to collaborate with to get the product on shelves and to get the the product in front of us whether it's like the music videos and stuff like that because like like we said like we had to go out of our way to go to a pop-up shop to get product and it's still like um inflated prices because it's it's incorporating inflation but it's good to see that like something like an sm is sort of um starting to expand over here onto our soil um by like laying laying down a brick and mortar down there in la with whatever they're building what so like oh, yeah, sm yeah. plaza mm-hmm. or whatever that is that they're also starting like their like um nct hollywood chapter or something like that so that's a start but i think it's also just like a matter of um because like uh me and ron we've talked about this um a lot of times before that we still sort of feel embarrassed to like sh- strut like k-pop out there like we don't go like um like a ghetto blast in uh k-pop like while walking down the street or anything that like we're still a little bit selective about like who we share this with because it still feels like oh you listen to that and you don't understand it or something like that but it's it's nice that um all of us are evolving because like especially in our pandemic like i got my parents into k-dramas a lot of people started getting their parents into k-dramas that like i could go out to lunch with my parents and like freely play k-pop without them like what what are you listening to that mm-hmm. it's fun in that aspect but i think it's just a matter of like making sure that the fans are there to support because like we are starting to get like a little bit more readily available stuff like at target yeah. and barnes and noble and stuff like that but i think it's 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 coming but um they're just yeah. like dipping their toes in the water for sure i and i agree with that and i i think part of that too is um, I don't know if infrastructure, their infrastructure was just ready for the boom. And I think they probably still, you know, have like minds over there that think Korea first and however Korea does business is how they should do business. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. When, you, you know, capitalist me over here is like, you guys could be making billions of dollars kind of kind of thing. But they're, you know, however they want to do it. I guess I can it to... Um, and maybe this will be my last point so we can wrap it up. But, uh, you know, I, I look at something, some a group like a BTS, which is a bad example because they're just they're above and beyond even, you know, regular music now. But a, a group like Blackpink um, got popular because they pushed they got popular here in the West, I should say, because they pushed things that other groups aren't pushing. They they went to Coachella. They released docs on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had toys at Target. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's easy stuff, in my opinion. Easy wins that Korea could just be like, or the Korean K-pop industry could be like, this is what we're going to do for Etsy. This is what we're going to do for Dice. This is what we're going to do for Espa. And just shove it down the consumer's throat. Because right now, the way it works is we consume it because we look for it. But it'd be interesting to see when Korea, if they ever, take the turn and try to push it instead of make waiting for us to consume it because that's how it plays right now in my opinion and um I, I guess we can cut this part out if we're we're long on time but um i was having a discussion with with a friend on how pretty much this like how can k-pop get bigger how can it be pushed how can it be marketed and um we talked we compared it to um anime and how that's oh yeah and how that's pushed right because it's it's still very niche, but everybody knows what it is, right? Like mm-hmm. you you could just say, "Oh, I like anime." It's like, "Oh," and then someone who doesn't watch anime immediately knows what it is. They'll think of Studio Ghibli, they'll think of Pokemon, Dragon Ball, whatever. And I'm wondering if should like if K-pop were to go that approach, you do you think it'll be just as big as anime is, right? Just constant um 
I don't want to say force feeding, but, <laughs> but just a constant push. But an exposure. Yeah, yeah, exposure. Yeah, in the corner of your yeah. eye. So yeah. like having um, a Korean equivalent of tsunami, say, right? Have a, you know, two hour block on like some random, I don't know, MTV or something where it's like, oh, here's K-pop. <laughs> here's a K-pop hour. TRL for K-pop. I don't know. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, you know how like... They, they got to have yeah, that yeah, TMC <laughs> channel with a... Music yeah, bank yeah, or do, something like that. Play, play music bank <laughs> out here. Like, do you think something like that would work? Eh. State sign. I love that. No, it's funny because I have I have anime question mark on my notes <laughs> on my screen. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but the the only thing I think anime has over K-pop is I think they have a little bit more history yeah. in yeah, America. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where K-pop has Wonder Girls and uh, those older groups that tried to come through, you know, that anime had Dragon Ball and Astro Boy and yeah, some Astro older Boy, stuff yeah. that was that was here, Sailor Moon, that was here, you know, when some of the older folks here in the States, um, you know, were growing up. Yeah. So they did always have that in the back of their head that, you know, this is a thing. Yeah. Whereas maybe maybe time will tell with K-pop. Who knows? Because it d- certainly did with K dramas. Yeah, yeah, right. True. That that took its time, yeah. and now it's here to stay. Yeah. So that was. Is K-pop slow to jump on success? Ron, what do you want to spotlight this week? So this week, I would like to spotlight this upcoming summer of K-pop, um, because there are so so many shows going on. Oh. We're drowning. I know them. it's like every week there's a new show, <laughs> a new concert coming up. So I I just want to you know open up the floor to to you guys and want to know what what shows are you attending and which ones are you looking forward to most? For sure, yeah. No, I love this. So I think I was actually I mentioned this to to Rob. If not, I meant I meant to about you know not only why now, but there's just so much stuff so much. coming. On, on the heels of announcements of announcements. But anyway, your question was, what am I attending? Uh, K- the KCON for sure. Both nights of the concerts, which, I mean, uh, knocks out half of the freaking industry for seeing who uh, who's who. Um, definitely trying for ITZY. Yeah, me too. Tickets go on sale Wednesday. Uh, I know I voiced that LA is my first choice, but if not LA, they're travel-worthy, yeah. in my opinion. Um and then, oh, one heartbreaking one. I really wanted to see Espa, but I had some uh, important family plans mm. this weekend. I think they're. I think they have a second showing tonight too. A second show, I should say, tonight. Um, I could be corrected if I'm wrong, but that that one I really wanted to go to, and hopefully they have a uh, more shows later in the year. Um, I'm seeing G Idol or Idol next month nice. in San Francisco. And I think that's it for now. <laughs> Unless, There's a lot, though. Yeah. You're right. And it goes through the year, and it's insane. Me, I currently have Dreamcatcher later, uh, or coming up in nice. like maybe two weeks. Following that, Luna. Oh, I about them, yeah. Still, still a little sad. She's not coming through, and hopefully something bad doesn't come out of uh, those talks that are going on. I haven't heard anything new um 17 a few weeks after that hopefully going to kcon uh still waiting back on some things and i think i'm also waiting to hear back about uh stray kids but that is my calendar so far but i'm definitely hyped about hopefully 17 because i think when i went to 17 last time uh pre-pandemic i think they're down like two or three members kcon looks fun too um and also hopefully that uh KCON tour gives out a little bit more information oh, yeah, about how that, that works. Fun. So hopefully I could go I could go to that one uh for the Stacy Day at least because I think who else is on there? Cravity, Stacy, and I forget the I think JL one or TO one. One of the ones. I forget the other group. <laughs> one of those, one of those O-1 O-1 ones groups. Because it's, it's weird that they that they debuted around the same time because also like one of the groups had a different name. They renamed to a similar name to that O one thing. <laughs> But hopefully I could go to to that, um, which is like the week right after KCON in, in San Francisco. Mm. But those are the ones that I have on nice. my list so far. Ron, Man, what do you got? Almost nothing. 
<laughs> no, um, I'm gonna try to see. Like, I really want to see Stacy for the the KCon tour. So, hopefully, they put out some details soon. Um, and I'm anticipating to go to Itzy, um, because hmm? that's was tickets on sale this um on Wednesday. So I hope I I can I can get in. And that's pretty much it, bro. Because like all these tours are costing me money, <laughs> and then like, um, like. <laughs> Cause I, I plan on traveling at the end of the year and early beginning of next year, and like, oh, just for for vacation, and like that's, like that took out a lot of <laughs> my money, um, and what's funny is for Itzy, um, I'll actually be in Seattle for a for a wedding, like a couple of days before, so like. After the wedding, I'm just gonna dip and go to LA to see Itzy. I kind of I wanted to stay longer in, in Seattle since um I li- I used to live up there for a while, but um but man it, it's Itzy. I, I gotta I gotta it rock my shoulders. When, when it Absolutely, out. not shy, not me. Exactly, dude. I have to. We should coordinate the uh the for that Stacy show, the KCon traveling show. Roll deep. Buy out a whole row. It's funny you mentioned the money thing. So today I bought the KCON concert tickets. Uh-huh. Uh and you know, just looking at the fly coming out of my wallet. <laughs> I ate I ate ramen. <laughs> <laughs> that was lunch. And <laughs> probably will be dinner. Oh, no. <laughs> Definitely uh that that jiffy of uh Yeji opening her wallet and it's completely mm. empty going on. Yeah, in the like an anime. <laughs> so that was the summer of K-pop with too many concerts. For my spotlight this week, I wanted to bring you guys back to Rob's B-side corner, obviously. And on the docket this week, we got Oh My Girls Underwater Love from their first studio album, The Fifth Season. This just has a nice... It opens up with this nice mix of synth and bass that it literally sounds like you're chilling underwater uh they pick it up a little bit with the pre-chorus where it gives this like cool little regal sound um pickup to to it that um it sort of evolves the sound to sort of have give the girls a little bit more power than just like sort of just like cruising underwater although the second verse starts with mimi rapping it's reflecting the first chorus where it's got that chill rap to it's not like the crazy Mimi rap that she's known for. Um, the chorus is great. It has a lot of syncopation in it. They play, they sing in a lot of different variations of triplets. And what I really like about it is that five of the seven girls who are usually um, the vocalists of the group, they got to um, be featured in the three occurrences of the chorus in different variations to sort of show off their vocal um, abilities and. If you wanted to see a live version of this, they sort of did a remix version in the 2019 KBS Song Festival. That's cool. Were you did you uh, know this song before, or did you hear it recently? You're like, hey, this is my jam. I know. I definitely listened to this uh, when it came out because um, with groups that I uh, hold in high regard on my playlist, I usually set aside time to listen to their whole albums. I love that. Yeah, Bev and I were at a re- restaurant recently, a Korean restaurant, and they seem to play just like one artist whenever we go mm-hmm. throughout. And mm-hmm. that to that day was Oh My Girl, and it was some. Exp- it was, I listened to maybe like one or two of their uh, title tracks, you know, the ones that appear at the top of Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely mm-hmm. were playing a whole bunch more music that I did not know. I don't know if this is one of them. Probably not because it doesn't sound like it has an MV. But um, but yeah, I have mm-hmm. to give this a listen. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I feel like Oh My Girl is super underrated. They're such a good group, mm. but they don't they're not as popular as like the other groups. And and they've been around for a long time. Um mm-hmm. se- 7 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I think they're already on their 7 years. I I wish they were more popular cuz they they have great singers and they all can dance and their songs are good. Yeah, and I actually just started watching um that new variety show that uh, Mimi is mm, part of, mm. Earth Arcade, or Arcade Earth, one of those two. Um, it also has uh, Ives, Yujin, and um, I forget the two other, like one's a rap, Youngji, and then I forget the comedian, but um, 
it's cool that they're able to like have a little variety show part to it but yeah um definitely underrated that especially in the states that they're not up out there with like the likes of all the other groups that we we talked about before but they definitely had had their time um especially with uh mm-hmm. when dolphin was out uh that was one of their b-sides that just exploded onto the scene that everyone was doing it but they definitely um should uh be a little bit more on everyone's radars so that was oh my girls underwater love from their first studio album the fifth season to end the show we'd like to leave you all with some recommendations that aren't necessarily k-pop chris what would you like to recommend this week sure i have two small ones i'm not as responsible as ron looking at the show (laughs) notes here (laughs) but mine are small and fluffy but um the first one is k-pop related uh the shop that rob and i had uh went to is actually one of a few uh they call them pop-ups but they seem to close for maybe a week or two before they reopen the same location it's called k-pop nation there's one here in uh northern california in sacramento um they have one in la uh there's one in arizona one in fresno one in vegas and one apparently in oklahoma uh they have some socials that uh, they announce when they open they they open and close frequently but they don't seem to go away like i said um so if one of those locations locales is near you give the shop a look because it it's pretty cool they're like Rob said earlier, they're well stocked. Uh, they seem to get more stuff every time they close and reopen. They had this cool deal. I don't know if it's exclusive to ours. I don't. I don't think it would be. But they have this cool deal when you buy a uh, an album, regardless of the artist, you can take home a free poster or a free uh, uh p- a card, photo card. Uh, so that's how I've been stocking up on my twice photo cards. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely check them out if you're in one of those areas. I love that shop, uh, especially the one here in NorCal. And the other thing not K-pop related that I wanted to wreck since uh, Rob said Rob suggested things not K-pop related. Uh, I'm a big manga nerd. I don't know if you guys knew that. But there's one that I'm reading right now that Rob saw on my desk that I think is really cool because it's a good, (laughs) it could be a good intro to anyone that wants to break in. It's called Deadpool Samurai. It's only two uh, volumes right now. It's a collab between Viz Media and Marvel. And it's, uh, it's a manga through and through, but it's based around the character of Deadpool. So he's still doing his fourth wall stuff. He's talking to the reader. He does some fun manga specific stuff like making fun of uh manga cause the artist and like um references anime and all the heroes he runs into some heroes he runs into they're the ones we know like iron man uh but <laughs> he teams up with uh some newer heroes that are just knockoff like japanese knockoffs of stuff we know like uh, uh sakura spider <laughs> is the girl he, he teams up with who has all the powers of spider-man she just so happens to live in in um japan and then volume two, there's a really fun cameo, uh, light spoiler of uh, him teaming up with someone from My Hero Academia, who's really important. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good intro if anyone is interested in getting into manga and, and if you like Marvel. So that's my Rex. Nice. So that was K-pop Nation and Deadpool Samurai. Ron, what would you like to recommend this week? All right. So I'm going to recommend more heat-related stuff for the summer of K-pop. Last week, I talked about drinking enough water and wearing sunscreen outside. So this time, I would like to let everyone uh, to know the signs of heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Those are two very, very dangerous things that can happen during the summer, especially now because it's it's super hot this year. Um, I heard up north it's like 100, and where I'm at, it's like in the 90s. Super, super hot. And so mm-hmm. for heat exhaustion, what, um, some of the symptoms for heat exhaustion is dizziness, thirst, heavy sweating, nausea, and weakness. And if you or you notice anyone experiencing those symptoms, the best thing you can do is to move yourself or them to a cooler area, sip some cool water, and loosen clothing. And when you do this, you want to act pretty fast because... Heat exhaustion can actually heat to heat stroke, which is much, much more dangerous. So for heat stroke, some symptoms include confusion, dizziness, and becoming unconscious. So when you see someone with those symptoms, 
you want to act super fast, first thing you want to do is call 911, okay? Then you want to move the person to a cooler area, loosen or remove clothing if you can, and, have, and cool them down with water or ice. And if you can recognize these things and do all these things super quick, you, you can literally save a life. So be on the lookout and be, really seriously be careful out there. That was Know the Signs of Heat Exhaustion and Heat Stroke. For my recommendation this week, I wanted to recommend Alchemy of Souls. As of this recording, the first four episodes are available currently on Netflix. Netflix actually says that there are going to be 20 episodes, so it's a little bit of a longer um, Korean drama. <laughs> for better or worse, uh, you, you know what we, we've spoken about in the past. Five episodes is enough. That, uh, <laughs> but yes, this is a fantasy drama with some comedy elements to it. I mainly tuned in because um, there are three actresses that I really like. Uh, the first one is Jung So Min, who um, she had a cameo in What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. She, um, the first big role that I've seen her in was Because This is My First Life, which I believe you can catch on Hulu or, or Netflix. And the most recent one I saw with her was called Monthly Magazine Home. Second actress is Oh My Girl's Erin. Uh, you'll know her from Oh My Girl especially from what I spoke about earlier. And the one other or and one drama that she was in was a web drama on YouTube called The World of My 17 Season 1. There was actually a season two where they substituted her out with Yenna, my other favorite uh, K-pop artist. And another actress who um, showed up that I liked was uh, Go Yoon Jung. Um, she's actually a model and drama that I previously seen her in was Law School, which... Um, it's a big recommendation. I should probably put that as a recommendation one of these weeks. Uh, some of the um, actors are E.J. Uk, who um, I've seen in Extraordinary You, and Huang Minyun, who was um, formerly um, from the group Newest. Uh, I was sort of hoping that this drama would be a little bit more funny because I think the first time I saw it like in more detail was a TikTok of like, the person was just highlighting a bunch of like the goofy stuff that mm-hmm. Soman was doing um, because um, the store, the like the crux of it is that she's this like crazy deadly assassin um, who's in um, Yoon Jung's body. But there's an ability to sort of like swap bodies in case like you're like running out of uh, energy or you're about to die. So she accidentally warps into Soman's body, who is a blind woman. And because of that, she's a, a little bit more frail that she's just like trying to like use her abilities to like sort of like um, sneak out of places. But she just like does it in the like, most goofy way possible. Other than that, uh, I forgot to include this, but um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it's uh, available on streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, I actually didn't get to see it in theaters because I was sort of being a little bit cautious and also... I think that was around the time that I came down with COVID. So I, it was a little hard for me to get out. But um, it's a fun little um, self-contained movie for the most part. Um, even though it sort of got uh, botched in there where it was supposed to be the first movie in the phase four. But now it's like maybe like the third or fourth one that the sort of impact of the multiverse was a little bit um, cooled down, especially after watching Loki. But it's a fun one, especially that this one was sort of um, the movie's first stint into sort of horror with um, who's the director again? The guy who did oh, Sam Raimi. Yeah, so this is a Sam Raimi film. Like, I guess he's known for doing horror, but just all the stuff that has to do with like Scarlet Witch was um, pretty crazy that like I would jump like in my seat like every once in a while. But it's definitely a, a fun little um, detour in the Marvel Universe. So that was Alchemy of Souls and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Before we get to promotion, I wanted to thank you again for uh, appearing on the show this yeah, week, Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Uh, what, what do they say? First time, second time? Second time, first time? Wh- whichever order. Thanks for uh, <laughs> letting me be a second time guest. <laughs> no problem. And to close out the show, do you guys have anything to promote? Yeah. Uh, so I have been uh, writing up reviews and... Uh, news articles, more on the video game side on uh, Rob's wonderful uh, blog post site, Lobby Rumble. Uh, I know he'll plug the URL later, but definitely check those out. Uh, my more recent ones 
uh, involved uh, a review on this indie game that I loved called Floppy Nights, uh, and also uh, some news on the Persona games coming to the Xbox, which I am stoked for. Uh, and also, just as a uh, a shout out uh, to both Ron and Rob, the podcasts have been great. So keep it up. Thank and you, thank you. Yeah, I know you brought thank on you. Trick, uh, Brent, and um, um, who did you have Megan last? And Rose yeah, the and uh, Megan. your, your yeah. guests have been great, and you guys have been fantastic. So keep thank it up. Thank you. Thank you. As usual, I like to promote our social media accounts. You can find us at Idle Rumble pretty much everywhere. And if you want to chat with us, go ahead and find us at our Discord. And uh, if you like what you hear, please give us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Like Chris said earlier, you can catch my work at LibraryRumble.com, where I like to write about all things pop culture. Uh, I'm sort of in the midst of finding a new username, and currently it's Final Boss Rob. Sort of my worst nightmares came true with that, so I think I'm going <laughs> to go find a, a new name soon. <laughs> but you can find me on, on social media there. Um, music's brought to you by Kevin McLeod of incoptech.com, and that'll do it for this week's show. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Idle Remote Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>